This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight, this is our part two of our preview of the 2021 NFL Slate. We are going through our NFL bold predictions for the season fantasy-wise and also giving our preseason picks. So we'll be going through uh, division winners, playoff picks, and then finally Super Bowl winners that we can hold ourselves to at the end of the season. I know this is Ethan's least favorite part of our job. <laughs> all right. So I just don't first like up, doing wrong. I just don't like you bringing it back up months later. That's all. Gotta hold ourselves accountable. <laughs> Gotta hold ourselves accountable. I, I get it. I get it. All right. First one up, we're going to take preseason bold predictions. Would you like to start or should, should I go? Yeah, I'll start because I think for people that have listened to us from the very beginning, I think they're going to be shocked by my first one. Okay. Insert drum roll, everyone. Um, <laughs> for me, um, I think that Corey Davis will end the year as a wide receiver one. I think he will end the year as a top 12 wide receiver. I like Zach Wilson. I was very, very impressed with him. I have only seen him play against the Packers, but was very, very impressed with him. Corey Davis is the most veteran wide receiver in that room. Corey Davis, wide receiver one, put it on the board. I think our tagline for last year's week one of the 2020 <laughs> slate was, uh, a.k.a. fuck Corey Davis. So this is a complete role reversal when it comes to your branding, but I like it. I like it. I'm going to stay completely on brand and go Ezekiel Elliott, no, I, sorry. I was, was going to say, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have nothing on Zeke for this one. I was just trying to scare you. But uh, no, my first one up, I think Calvin Ridley will be the number one overall fantasy wide receiver this season. Okay. I, I, I actually like that. That's interesting. I've seen that one around a little bit, and it does make a lot of sense. He's just got to – hopefully he stays healthy this year because, yeah, he's – He's the target that's in Atlanta right now. Julio Jones finished as a top five guy when it was pretty much just him and then a bunch of other guys that were fill-ins like Muhammad Sanu and Harry Douglas for years that were capable but weren't necessarily him. And he was a top five guy without doing a lot of touchdowns. I think with the amount of targets that he's likely to get because at best, Kyle Pitts is only going to take a fraction of what Julio Jones took from that team. I think Calvin Ridley is capable of putting up monster numbers this year in targets, receptions, and he's never been lower than like, I think eight touchdowns in a season. So he's got the touchdowns that Julio never seemed to get. This is a guy that I think can fill in and be capable of taking over that number one overall slot. It's just a matter of, will he stay healthy and put up the numbers that I think he's capable of in this offense? Number two for me, Austin Eckler will end the year as a top five running back. I like it. You and I have been going back and forth with Ben over this one. I originally had a hard time thinking of Eckler as anything more than a bona fide third down back that got more opportunities, but he's a guy that's proven if he's on the field, he is effective. Now, I know that he's got that potential hamstring injury that maybe he might miss some time, maybe this week one, maybe more. And you don't like soft tissue injuries, but 
it's a guy I think is very capable of making a big run. I like the boldness. I don't think it's actually all that bold to be quite honest, especially if if you're in any type of PPR format or half point PPR, that's where he makes his bones. I don't think there's anybody outside of maybe Christian McCaffrey that catches more passes right now than uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not the boldest thing I've ever done in the world, but I mean, for him, it's got to be, he's got to stay healthy as well. Um, he's not one that misses a bajillion games last year. I feel as hopefully as an outlier, but yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy leap, but it would be something for sure. So as we've mentioned many times on this show, we are football fans first, Packer fans second and fantasy managers third. I am going to say something now that is going to absolutely pain me because the Chicago Bears have not had a quarterback since Sid Luckman retired in 1947. And unfortunately, I think Justin Fields is going to be a top 10 quarterback this season. I loved Justin Fields going out, coming out. I think I said it on this show when the Aaron Rodgers BS was happening. If I was the Packers, I would have traded Aaron Rodgers um, draft night and drafted Justin Fields. Um, I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope you're wrong as well. But I don't know. It kind of feels like the Bears got their quarterback. Well, I don't know long term whether he's going to be particularly capable. I just look at him from the same standpoint that in the weeks that Taysom Hill and Jalen Hurts started last year, due to their rushing value, they were top 10 quarterbacks. I think with his legs added in, and I think he's a more capable passer than either of those two, that he's going to take off as a uh, great viable quarterback starter in the way that Kyler Murray did last year or Lamar Jackson did and add enough with his legs that even though he may not start for the first two or three weeks, he's going to be able to move up past the Matt Staffords or the Kirk Cousins of the world, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's that are just pocket passers. Maybe even Tom Brady by the end of it, probably not due to the amount of volume that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are producing it year in and year out. But I certainly feel that he produces enough rushing value to be a top 10 quarterback and ends up being this year's Justin Herbert. Okay. Okay. Um, my third one, final, final one. one, my final one. I feel that Terrace Marshall Jr. will lead the rookie wide receivers in points in fantasy this year. There's the boldest one. That is the boldest one. There's the boldest one. So Ben's got Devontae Smith. I've got Jalen Waddell and you've got Terrence Marshall Jr. I like the opportunity, but I don't know how much they're going to spread the ball around. It's a curious one. I'm not, I don't think it's bad at all. I just wonder. Hey man, I wonder just as much as you do. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting if it happens for sure. That'd be crazy. But I feel like for me, him playing in the slot, him coming from wide receiver university and LSU, you can list all of them. You know, he's gotten the proper coaching. You know, he knows how to play the NFL game because I'm sure he's talked to these other guys as well. I'm kind of going on that and just hoping that Sam Darnold is someone that can unlock the offense the way that Teddy Bridgewater really couldn't. You forgot Joe Brady. Hmm? Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator, was also his offensive coordinator at LSU when they won the national title. So I think he has places. I think they drafted him for a purpose. I just don't know what that is going to be right away. And I don't think he's going to have as many opportunities as maybe Curtis Samuel did last year that they probably drafted him to directly replace. 
All right, my third and final one. And I'm not even sure I believe this, so I'm going to couch this answer, but maybe this is wishful thinking. Justin Jefferson will have more points this year than Stefan Diggs. I think you just want to stick it to the Vikings. Or not the Vikings, the Bills. I don't know if I do. I think Stefan Diggs is going to have a good year if he's healthy. I just, I don't know. I'm caught between a rock and a hard place for as good as Justin Jefferson was and all the people that he's compared to for rookie seasons and what he produced. I mean, you're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. You're talking about Randy Moss. You're talking about Anquan Bolden. I mean, these guys are potential Hall of Famers. I just don't see him having the drop-off that some people think he's going to have, particularly because with Irv Smith Jr. out and not a whole lot of other great viable pass-catching options in a pretty decent offense, even though Kirk Cousins is not necessarily like the next coming of Johnny Unitas, he's at least a decent enough passer that he got uh, Justin Jefferson 1,400 yards last year. I think it's possible that Justin Jefferson ends up uh, out-targeting and out-producing the uh, reigning wide receiver three this last year. I don't think it's too far a stretch because I think Justin Jefferson was wide receiver six on the year last year. Old. All right. Predictions. So playoff picks. I know you haven't had time to do this. I was a little bored at work. I went through and I quite literally picked every single game for all 18 weeks in order to develop records. So I even have playoff seeding done for my playoff picks. I can, I can do it. Like I'm looking through the conferences right now. I can, I can do it. Seeding might be a little bit harder for me, but I can for sure pick like uh, Super Bowl stuff, but I'll, I'll fight my way through it. Well, if you don't have direct picks, just let me know. But division winners, I have the San Francisco 49ers. I have the Green Bay Packers. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I have the Dallas Cowboys. 49ers is the one seed. The Buccaneers is the two Packers is the three and the Dallas Cowboys is the four. I have then the Kansas City Chiefs as the number one overall seed in the AFC, the Bills as the number two overall seed, the Browns as the number three, and the Titans as the four. Not a whole lot of change from last year's teams. Uh, for me, I am actually, and this may be me being a super biased, but I'm going to go the Cardinals to win the NFC West. I'm going to go Buccaneers. Ooh. I'm going to go, yeah, man, Kyler and Nuke. <laughs> I'm going to go Packers and then I am going to go Cowboys as well. Moving to the AFC, I'm going to go Chiefs. Man, the AFC South was tougher because I don't know if I'm going Colts or if I'm going Titans. Um, So to pick different from you, I'm going to go Colts. AFC North, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns and then the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. All right. Wild cards, I have the Seahawks, I have the Rams, and I have the Washington football team. I think in that order, uh, although I think I basically had four teams from the NFC finish all at like nine and eight, including the Washington football team. So I could see a handful of teams. I think Minnesota was in there. I think Arizona was in there. Uh, and I think one other team that I can't remember immediately offhand, but I ended up basically flipping a coin and getting Washington as my last wildcard team. I think there are a lot of quality teams to the depth of the NFC, but not anybody that's going to truly separate themselves. Uh, in the AFC, I have the wild cards being the New England Patriots, the Denver Broncos, and the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe that the Patriots will actually be the third team, or no, excuse me, will be about 12 and five this season. The Chargers and Broncos, I had 11 and six. You can maybe flip flop which one will end up with the uh, slightly head better head to head direction. 
I like it. I like it. I'll jump in once the championship and Super Bowl. So you can. Okay. So you don't. All right. So I do. All right. So first round, I have the Buccaneers beating the Washington football team again, like they did last season. I have the Green Bay Packers at home beating the Seattle Seahawks because in playoff Lambeau, the Seahawks seem to always lose much in the same way that the Packers always seem to lose up in whatever they're calling it lately, Seattle. The Rams beating the Dallas Cowboys at home, or excuse me, on the road for that matter. My bad. And I also have the Bills beating the Patriots at home, the Browns beating the Broncos at home, and the Chargers pulling the upset in Tennessee. Uh, Since you don't have picks yet, I have the 49ers beating the Rams at home. I have Green Bay beating Tampa Bay on the road. I have Kansas City beating the, uh, the Chargers at home. And I have the Bills beating the Browns at home. So for championship games, I have the 49ers at home against Green Bay. I have the 49ers winning that game. And I have Kansas City once again beating the Bills to go back to the Super Bowl. We have a rematch of Super Bowl. What would that have been two years ago? 54, I think. Oh, I don't know. The Super Bowl, which one? I don't remember which one it was. I guess then for me, championship games, I'm going to go the same exact ones as last year. But the only difference is, is I have Green Bay beating Tampa Bay. Kansas City beats the Bills. And then in the Super Bowl, I have the Packers and the Chiefs. What I feel like it should have been last year. I'm going Packers, man. I may be a homer, but I feel if it is the last year that everyone's going to kind of be together, I feel like they know it. So I'm going to go Packers over the Chiefs. I do feel the desperation. Ultimately, though, I think that the 49ers are a better team and the originator of most of the concepts and schemes. So I know that they're going to be changing over on defense. They may not be nearly the defensive force they were two years ago. And I think that that championship game will be a little bit better. But I have San Francisco and uh, the Chiefs in that game. I have the Chiefs once again beating the San Francisco 49ers and giving Andy Reed his second Super Bowl along with my boy, Patty Mahomes. All right. So those are our picks. You can hold them to us for the rest of the season. And that ends part two. So any other quick thoughts before we go for the week? No quick thoughts. Um, I hope everyone has a relatively healthy year. Um, It's no fun when there's injuries and I feel like there's already been way too many for this year already. But, you know, as we said last year, it's all about having fun. So I'm happy football's back. I'm happy I get to talk a bunch of shit with all of my friends and some of my enemies, Dana. And um, I'm just happy football's back. And for me to start out the year, first game of the year, rivalry week against Tim, one of my closest friends. um, There's been a lot of shit talking all week long. So it's been fun. I'm just excited to get this thing going. Yes. And we have one more extra week. We will not be without football until... February, I like the second week of February now. So good luck to everyone in their fantasy leagues this year. Hope springs eternal. I said it on the first part of these back-to-back episodes, but everybody's got a chance except maybe a few teams in like dynasty leagues. But for the most part, everybody's got a chance in redraft or startup leagues or whatever else. And you never know how the season is going to shape out. So let's just see what happens. Injuries have already taken over a major point of the first part of this season. We'd rather have it be defined about what's going on on the field. And I think that we have a lot of exciting teams, a lot of exciting players, and the NFL probably is in one of the best positions I feel that they've been in for a long, long time. 
Yeah, true that. Let's get this season going. All right. Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We do appreciate you. We will be back again. We're going to start our schedule off and we're going to try and adhere to this as closely as possible. But we're going to record on Monday nights, release on Tuesday mornings. And then we're going to do on uh, Thursdays for release on Fridays. Most of the rest of the year, we'll give you a preview episode and a recap episode. So we'll recap on Monday for you for a release on Tuesday. And uh, then we'll be back to preview next Thursday, releasing on Friday. So you should have those all in your feeds. But until then. Good luck, everyone. And uh, happy fantasy. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. You can also now follow us on Twitter at dydownload20. Find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.